Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Kelly Luck and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. TICT is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in this beautiful state of Tasmania. If you're a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoy today's episode, remember there are now more than 130 episodes of Talking Tourism Conversations available from wherever you access your podcasts or simply stream them online via the TICT website, tict.com.au. We are recording this podcast today on the lands of the Palawa and Pakana, and TICT offers its respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people, the elders, past and present, for their enduring care and management of these islands. Today's episode is brought to you by our partner, the Department of State Growth. The Department of State Growth brings together four interrelated divisions, developing a strategic approach that drives economic growth and supports the community, industry and business in the creation of jobs and opportunities for Tasmanians. Thanks to the Department of State Growth for their generous support of TICT and for helping to make this episode of Talking Tourism possible. Right, now that bit's over, let's get into today's conversation with TICT's very own Lauren Cameron. Lauren is a sustainability and communication specialist whose career spans 15 years working across sustainability, international development, tourism and media. Having started out as a journalist with The Advocate in Tasmania's Northwest, Lauren has since worked as chief editor of a sustainable lifestyle magazine in Hong Kong, managed international development programs in Vietnam, partnered with sustainable tourism operators across Asia and worked in the Environment and Development Division of the United Nations Economic and Social Commission for Asia and the Pacific. Super impressive. Now, Lauren is also one of our most recent members of the TICT team. Working as a Carbon Action Advisor, will she draw on her vast experience and expertise to influence Tasmania's journey to becoming a world-leading climate-conscious tourism destination? Welcome to Talking Tourism, Lauren. Thanks. It's good to be here, Kelly. Can you tell us a little bit about how the industry has arrived at where it is today in terms of its climate ambitions? It's been a journey from all accounts. And I say that because I've only just stepped into this role a few months ago, but it's been enough to understand and appreciate why these climate ambitions have been set for the tourism industry. It goes without saying that the Tasmanian brand hinges on the natural environment. So it makes sense that environmental sustainability has been raised as an important issue by industry for many years now. That's owing mainly to three reasons. Firstly, it's key to the industry's longer-term viability. Absolutely. Secondly, a key target market has actually begun demanding sustainability and climate credentials from both destinations and operators. And I think a lot of our operators are really starting to see that now. They are. They're starting to find it more and more. And thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, it's actually a core value of many of industry's specific operations. So in this context, we as an industry really need to act decisively to reduce our emissions and operate more sustainably so that we can protect our most critical asset being our natural environment. Great. And so, Lauren, for our listeners' benefit, where does the TICT sit in this? So, TICT 
is committed to helping industry figure out how to lower its emissions because we know that cutting down greenhouse gas emissions can lessen the impact from climate change on our environment. We also know that doing things like building up our carbon sinks, which are the things that suck up CO2 from the atmosphere, increasing biodiversity and rethinking how we as an island state deal with our waste can actually amplify our offering to visitors who are becoming increasingly conscious about their travel choices amid rising climate anxiety. Now, given Tasmania is about to enter into its ninth year of being technically net zero emitting as a state, uh, thanks to you know our forests and our renewable energy production, mm-hmm. we're in a really good position to try to become one of the world's foremost destinations in climate conscious travel, if we can get it right. So, The 2030 Visitor Economy Strategy, which was launched here at the Tourism Conference today, has actually committed to this as its number one priority, which is an incredible thing. And the program that we're about to discuss is how we, the TICT, plan on tackling this with industry as a sort of a starting block. Can you tell us about the initiative that TICT will be offering to industry and how we can help our operators on this journey? Sure. So over the next 12 months, we are going to be offering businesses the chance to participate in an industry-wide initiative that will reduce their emissions. So it will consist of two programs. The first is ideally suited to smaller businesses that are starting out in their sustainability journey. And the other program is geared more towards those businesses that may have already taken steps to lowering their emissions. And, you know, by that, I mean, they may already have a sustainability or a waste strategy in place. They may have already invested in renewables or more energy efficient appliances and technologies like automated control systems. So yeah, the the, the companies and the businesses that are already well set on that sustainability journey will be better suited to this second program. And this second program will help those businesses to really take things to the next level to begin carbon accounting as a business as usual practice. Okay. So Lauren, is it fair to say that the difference between the program one and program two is less about the actual size and staff numbers or turnover and more about where they're currently at on their sustainability journey? That's 100% correct, Kelly. So for this program, we've actually partnered with two fantastic tech companies that are based right here in Tassie to deliver the programs. And we're hoping to stream around 350 Tasmanian businesses through this initiative altogether. Amazing. And can you tell us how each of the programs will work? So the first program gives businesses free access for 12 months to My ERC. My ERC is a digital tool that can be used to estimate a business's emissions footprint and then guide them through the development of an emissions reduction plan. So in simple terms, it will help businesses figure out the simple, tangible actions that they can take in order to reduce their environmental impact as a business. And it'll help them to commit to making those changes within a timeframe that actually suits them as a business, a realistic timeframe. So Lauren, am I correct in saying that it's an entirely online program? Yes, um, that's the beauty of the My ERC program. It's online, it's easy to access. You don't need to be, you know, an IT or a tech genius to be able to do this program. They've made it as straightforward as possible so that your average SME can access and achieve this program. We, We know that for most SMEs, the cost and the resources and time required to commit to climate certification programs is typically prohibitive for them. The My ERC program is better suited to those um, SME 
SMEs and those smaller operators that don't necessarily have that capital to be able to invest in the verified, you know, audit-ready carbon accounting and data, which we are going to be providing for people through program two. The beauty of my ERC is that it costs less than Netflix for operators to sustain after this initial pilot. It takes under an hour to develop a reduction plan and it's all online. So we really hope that there'll be some strong uptake from industry with this particular program. Less than Netflix subscription. That Mm. sounds great, Lauren. Yeah. Okay. So that's program one. Can you tell us a bit more about program two? Program two is going to guide first-time businesses through the process of carbon accounting. So for this program, we're partnering with the Bernie-based carbon accounting software provider uh, called Someday. Uh, Who some of our operators will have previously been familiar with through the local carbon pilot program we ran last year. Yep, that is correct. Some of our operators have worked with them in the past. Uh, But this program includes not only free access to the Someday software, but also the free training for um, businesses, accountants or bookkeepers keepers with no carbon accounting experience so that they can use the software efficiently. The TICT will also provide a $700 contribution towards the cost of carbon accounting so that businesses can become familiar with the process and ideally integrate it into their business practice so that it becomes BAU. Okay. And just for our listeners that might not be familiar, Lauren, BAU. Can you explain that for us? Business as usual. Sorry. Note not to speak in acronyms. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, Lauren. So at the end of the initiative, what will the operator walk away with? So for those operators taking part in program two, they are going to walk away with audit ready, carbon accounting and reporting, as well as emissions reduction strategies that are tailored to their organisation. Amazing. All right. So what do you and the TICT team hope that this program will achieve? Look, if, if we can encourage up to 350 businesses to begin that transition to renewable energy and to begin accounting for their emissions and planning for the reduction of those emissions, we'll be pretty happy. The program is really, for the most part, about activating the tourism industry so that it becomes familiar with the concept of emissions reduction and so that it becomes invested in the process of doing just that. The reality is is that at this stage in the game, measures to reduce emissions are largely voluntary outside of specific sectors like fuel, energy and waste industries. So we need to motivate businesses to voluntarily commit to reducing their footprint by changing how they approach energy use, business travel, waste, the supply chain and so forth. And through this initiative, by seeing the actual breakdown of where their emissions come from, businesses will know what leverage points they can target to reduce their impact. By way of example, I mean that a business may learn that the vast majority of their emissions as a business may come from one particular supplier that may fly in a product, for example, a Chilean wine or a steak from New Zealand. And by simply switching out that product or that supplier for a more local partner and product, that business can significantly reduce their emissions. So Lauren, is it fair to say that the tourism industry has the opportunity here to have a far greater impact beyond our industry by collectively prioritising more sustainable purchasing practices? The local carbon pilot that we offered to industry last year showed us one thing, and that was that up to 80% of our Tasmanian tourism businesses' emissions actually comes from the supply chain. So yes, if we can encourage tourism businesses to, I suppose, rethink and and reanalyse you know, how sustainable the, the value chain is that they're working within, then hopefully by them changing their supply chain, it can have a bit of a ripple effect across other industries in Tasmania. 
And I'm sure as multiple operators start approaching some of these suppliers and saying, hey, are you carbon accounting? Are you, you know, where are you in the sustainability space? And the more operators that begin asking those questions, the more likely that those suppliers will then start thinking about and hopefully implementing some changes into their business practices as well. That's that's right. Look, the more pressure that companies and businesses get, the more likely they are to realise that this is no longer just a a feel good choice. It, there's actually a consumer demand for this. And, and I think people will fall into line pretty quickly, but it will take that collective industry effort. And it, it's going to take people talking about it. It's going to take, uh, you know, all the small people taking small leaps. And that's kind of how we've built this program. Great. Okay. So we've got program one, program two. What do businesses need to do to get involved in these programs, Lauren? So it will be very simple. This Friday, we are going to be publicising the initiative and calling for applications via our website, social media, through email from us, uh, as well as a number of other channels. Okay. So I guess here would be a good chance to say if you are not currently subscribed to the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania's EDM, jump on our website and do so if you want to receive the update and opportunity to apply. Yep. And we'll be asking businesses via that application um, to apply via a simple survey that will just take a few minutes to fill out. And we're going to use that uh, to channel them either towards program one or program two. So it's going to, we're kind of going to assess which program um, is better suited to the business at this time. Okay. So the operators won't pick which program, they'll answer the questions and then you'll do the hard yards and figure out where they're best suited. Absolutely. We want to make this as easy and straightforward as possible for businesses. It's a good time to mention it will be a case of first in best dressed. Okay. Um, so we'd encourage businesses to apply as soon as they can within the two two week EOI period. So um, applications will close September 1. And, um, you know, we really want to start letting businesses know if they've been successful from early September so that we can onboard them before peak season gets underway. Yep. Great. Great with the timing too. So Lauren, can I just check here, who is eligible for this program and do operators need to be accredited to apply? Good question. And yes, um, you do need to be a QTAB level two sustainable accredited business to be able to apply to this. And that's because we want to ensure that anyone um, going through this program has already shown that commitment to sustainability. Okay, great. So uh, for any of our listeners that aren't sure what level accreditation you may uh, have achieved at this point, feel free to reach out to either Christine or myself um, or jump onto your uh, accreditation portal and you'll be able to find out that information. Make sure you're applying with the correct details. But so Lauren, what about those businesses that aren't eligible to apply at this particular time? What can they do in order to reduce emissions and support this transition to a more sustainable industry? I can think of a thousand things from, you know, something as simple as nominating a sustainability coordinator or a team um, within your organisation to, you know, switching out your lights for LED lighting. You know, you can have a look at your menu and see if you've got many vegetarian options in there. You can encourage your employees to work from home or switch out in-person meetings for Zoom meetings, which obviously reduces those emissions on the road. A lot of these really simple actions and measures can be easily found online or via the toolkits that are available on the Tasmanian RecFit website. So that's the Office of Renewables and Climate Future Industries for Tasmania. 
Brilliant. So, uh, yes, you can find a lot of that content already online and all these ideas, but I'll also be developing industry-specific toolkits and resources over the coming months, and I'll also be hitting the road to meet with businesses, host workshops, and help industry really learn what supports are available to them and, uh, you know, how they can make the greatest impact as a business. Tassie road trip. Great. (laughs) So, Lauren, how can people reach out? How do they get in touch with you? Look, just get in touch with me via the TICT team. All our details are on the website and I am available anytime to talk anyone through this, concerns, questions, even just figuring out if the programs are suitable for them. Just get in touch with me. Great. Thanks, Lauren. Look, this initiative just sounds so promising and I'm really excited to see what comes out of it. So that's the end of the tough questions for today, or perhaps not. Maybe these are tougher. Let's see. I'm going to hit you with a big seven. Are you ready? (laughs) Hit me. Hit me. All right, Lauren. So what is your favourite spot in Tasmania and why? Okay. So I'm going to go with Research Bay and Cockle Creek. Why? Well, my family and I decided to mix things up a little bit last year and travel south from Hobart instead of east. And we just felt like we'd landed at the edge of the world um, when we eventually arrived at Cockle Creek. And I remember taking off our shoes and hoisting our toddlers over our shoulders and wading around the rocks on the beaches beyond the Whaler Lookout. And there was no human in sight. I swear there was a pod of dolphins just magically gliding through the waters. It was it was out of this world. And yeah, I, that's definitely the spot for me. How stunning. And how lucky are we in Tassie to be able to do that, to walk out onto this beautiful beach and be the only person in sight for miles. It's truly outstanding. Did you camp down there? No, toddlers, just oh, one okay. word answer. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely we get it. not. Yep. <laughs> Camping toddlers, not always a great mix. All right. Um, so now thinking a bit broader than Tassie, favourite travel destination anywhere in the world? Mm, okay, this is tough, um, but I'm going to go with Switzerland. No questions asked. I'm I'm lucky enough to have family living in Geneva, just on the lake. And every time we've spent there, we have inevitably travelled, you know, to the Alps. And I'm just continuously in awe of the natural beauty of the region between the sunflower fields that surround Lake Geneva and the picturesque towns of Gstaad and Interlaken. I'll just, I will never get over Switzerland. So that's it for me. Great. Okay. Well, if some of your family were travelling to Tasmania from Switzerland Mm. for the first time, never been here before, and they're asking you what's the one thing that they absolutely must experience while they're here? Mm. Where are you sending them? So I would would go with the Deep South again and I'd curate a little itinerary for them that would bring them through the Huon, but travelling along that coastal road that um, passes through Kettering and Woodbridge. And it just, it feels like you're gliding on the water because it's just hugging the coastline. I don't know so if you've, does. Yeah, you've it. done yep, that one. It's amazing. <laughs> I'd encourage them to swing via Willie Smith's and Home Hill Winery, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. And then I'd get them to wind their way down to Southport and Cockle Creek, um, you know, via the Southwest National Park. And um, yeah, I'd probably encourage them to spend a night in a little shack on the beach at Southport and enjoy a fire pit and a nice glass of Tassie wine. And then the next day, just spend the day on those beautiful sandbars that surround Southport and, uh, and you know, as far down south as Research Bay. All right, Lauren, you're walking the overland track for five days with three other people. Have you done the track before, by the way? I haven't. It's on my to-do list. Okay. Well, yeah. when you make it, <laughs> if you could choose anyone in the world, this might be not 
this might not be too realistic, actually. Famous, not famous, living or dead. So you're not going to have this choice. But if you did... (laughs) Who are you taking with you and why? Oh, well, I wouldn't be me if I didn't give the answer that I'm about to give. Five days in the wilderness, I would love to see what would play out if I had, you know, Bob Brown, environmental defender there with me, as well as one of the heads of the carbon majors. And just, you know, just would love to see that dynamic play out over five days in the wilderness. Um, So that's my first two. And then thirdly, I'm going to go a little bit, uh, less intense. I'm going to go with Stevie Nicks. Stevie um, Nicks. Did yes. you pick that one? Yeah. Yeah. Nor would <laughs> That's I. Quite an eclectic <laughs> mix. Um, I'm. I just. I feel like she would have some wildly entertaining stories, and obviously, it would be wonderful to have her entertaining us in the evenings. Um, so yeah, they're my three. Okay. Radio. All right. So back on the road rather than on foot. You're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? Well, obviously, Fleetwood Mac. Um, (laughs) and possibly Sumner, which is uh, a new uh, electronic Tassie duo, um, actually from here in Launceston. And I stumbled across them. They were a support act for the Wombats a couple of months ago, and I've honestly listened to them every day since. So, yeah. Yeah, right. I haven't heard of them before, but I'll be Mm, sure to check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when you arrive at your destination, Lauren, what are you drinking? What's your tipple of choice? That's probably the toughest question of all, but I'm going to say a pet gnat these days and preferably Torchbearer's Bubbly Goat Rosé Pet Gnat. It's $35 a bottle and is honestly the best thing I've tasted this year. It's like a combination of a sparkling and a rosé and oh, it's just natural, very little intervention, delicious. Mm, sounds mm. like one I'll have to add to my mm. to try list. Perfect. All right. And the last one, the big debate in Tassie. Curried Tasmanian scallops. Lauren, are they a culinary delight or a culinary crime? Look, that is a tough one for me because I actually haven't tried it yet, but I am going to go with culinary crime because I'm just a firm believer that produce should be enjoyed for its natural flavours and not covered up with some creamy sauce or cheese or curry. So, yes, definitely a crime. Thank you so much, Lauren, for spending your morning with us today. Pleasure, Kel. Great. And... To our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode of Talking Tourism. Remember to subscribe to hear more episodes as we release them every two weeks or so. Also, remember to tell a friend or tourism colleague to check out our podcast. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania and today's episode was brought to you with the support of our partner, the Department of State Growth. A big thanks also to Caleb Miller at Mac40, our audio specialist who produces these episodes. I'm your host, Kelly Luck, 